you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. It's a it's a good Friday, and it is good Friday for those who observe. So uh, can, uh, blessings to everybody who, yes. who observes. Yeah. And um, uh, we're excited to talk football again, uh, talk Cowboys. You know, look, every day we get there, we get to talk about new guys. And, uh, and the countdown gets closer and closer to the draft. Uh, without, like, the normal off season of, of, you know, the combine and draft, it's felt very disjointed. But this, the, the draft is very quickly yes. sneaking up on us. Yeah, so today, Landon, we're going to talk about three defensive tackles, all that probably go, I think, on day two of the draft. We don't believe the Cowboys are going to take a defensive tackle on day one because there's just no worthy candidates, right? There's no one available. (laughs) Christian Barmore is the closest one, and I don't think he should be a top 20 pick. That might be a hot take, but I I, I don't feel like he... He may be a day two guy now too. Frankly, might, yeah, at exactly. this point, we saw you know. we saw in Todd McShay's mock draft on Thursday that was who the Cowboys picked at number forty four. Uh, but today we're going to talk about guys that the Cowboys would very likely grab on day two that we think might have some interest because of some of their unique skill sets. I want to start with a guy that I think Cowboys Twitter absolutely loves, and that is Aleem McNeil from North Carolina State. Uh, you see the athleticism. He just had his pro day the other day, put up fantastic numbers. He's a bit sloppy, but the production is there. What did you see from Lee McNeil when you studied his tape? I, I mean, I love Lee McNeil. I mean, I think I'm not I'm, I'm not breaking any any news no, here for no, people no. that follow me. I, I'm a huge fan. Look, I mean, he's he's the rare type of guy who is truly a nose tackle. Like, I mean, he he could he will play the one or the zero. Uh, yep. without any issues and 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 that's probably his best fit but he could easily be kicked out and play a, a whole bunch of snaps at three technique and I don't think you would be mad about it because uh, because he is uh, explosive he has great hand usage he's very 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 strong and that's clearly why he's going to he will be a nose tackle uh, but mm. he has the kind of explosiveness and movement skills that you see uh, three technique have uh, and I think that's what that's what got teams a lot of uh, very very uh, excited about him is because you know outside of him and maybe one other guy who we will talk about in a little bit are truly the only kind of in you know interior being you know between the one techniques of a center uh that that can be an explosive pass rusher as well and actually give you something in that realm as well i think the only issues that i have with mcneil's tape and, and and you know overall with him is that you know he North Carolina State definitely played him as a part-time player. And, you know, I think you can make excuses and, and say, uh, well, they, you know, North Carolina State does things like this. They rotate a lot of their defensive linemen, and you can kind of see that in, in their, uh, you know, it, it, as, as you watch more and more of their tape. 
But the truth of the matter is, is that if you're truly a great player, uh, you know, you should be on the field a lot. And, and I think obviously the reason he's not is because uh, as explosive and as uh, athletic he is, I wonder if there aren't some stamina issues. I, I wonder yeah, if, if, yeah. If, if he doesn't need to be in a system where he is rotating heavily because everything outside of that, his hand usage is, 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 is quite good for a guy uh, his size and, and, you know, playing nose tackle. Uh, his explosiveness is great. Uh, you know, I think he could he could he could use to, he could stand to use a little bit more uh, development in his pass rush plan when he. That's what I was going to say. That's but, I don't think he has any moves right now, right? I yeah, think it's, I, I, everything is just a, a bull rush. If that's basically in, in the pass rush game, at least. I, I, but I, you know what's funny is that having said that. You're totally right. Like he doesn't have a variety of moves, but his hand work is very good. Like his, like he he is very good with accurate placement of his hands. But I agree. Like he doesn't have a plan. Like if he he'll bull, he'll try to right. rip, but right. he doesn't have a counter to any of those moves. So and Correct. that's not surprising because he's you know a nose tech a nose tackle. So. Uh, yeah, I, I really like him. Uh, I think with some development and, and correct usage, you're going to get a really solid, useful player who can play three downs for you, and that's pretty rare for a nose tackle nowadays. Yeah, there is absolutely a lot to like here. Again, fantastic athlete. You can see the burst. Like, there's just not that many 315-pound defensive tackles that have that get-off, right? Yeah. And that's why we're talking about him as a top 75 pick to be, yeah. you know, I think at worst, right? So this is somebody who has all the tools. My question to you is, Landon, how far away is he from being a reliable run player? Because you see it at times, but I think the inconsistency is what worries me uh, right now with McNeil. You know, I, look, I, I think there's different things. That it depends on what you're asking him to do in the run game. You know, I, I think if you're asking him to be a clogging force in the middle of, of a defense, I think he can do that. I think he's, you know, despite a lot of defensive tackles in the past, this guy has incredible strength. And I think he has the kind of strength that he can immediately give you good snaps there. But again, he despite you know despite being athletic and explosive i wouldn't say that he's got like a ton of range so if you're running a bunch of playing a wide zone team and you're and you're having to that's chase my fear. You know, players yep. to get outside that's not necessarily his game you know so uh i think that he could come in and definitely give you solid snaps in the run game right away but I also think that you're going to need to be judicious in using him against teams that are truly trying to get wide zone, you know, almost every play. Like the, the Shanahan's kind of offense yep. where you're going to have yep. guys going one way and then misdirection. That's not necessarily his game. You, 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 but you'll, you would want him in a power versus a power run game because I think he can penetrate, he can disrupt, uh, he can clog up and make sure that, that, that they can't get to the second level onto those linebackers. So let's talk about him relative to the Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys pick at 44 in the second round, and I believe 75 in the third round. Is he going to be one of these players that probably falls between those two picks? It's tough, right? Because there's just not a lot of defensive tackles. And um, I, I think his, you know, his skill set dictates, yeah, that he would be 44 to 75, or maybe even a little bit later than that in a normal draft. But because there's no defensive tackle depth, and and frankly, you know him and and uh, Togiai are really the kind of unicorns uh, of mm -hmm. nose tackle types who could actually provide you a pass rush. He probably will get artificially pushed up, and and I think that 
you know, not that he's going to get overdrafted at, at you know, 50 70, or wherever yeah, he may yeah. go, you know. Uh, but I think that uh, there is going to be that artificial bump because just the lack of stock in, in this year's draft. I agree. I think he's a, a very interesting player. I think this is actually a defensive tackle like Rod Marinelli would have loved oh, like as a man. one technique, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm curious to see what like Dan Quinn thinks about uh, Ali McNeil. Just want to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk about a different defensive tackle. This one from Washington, Levi Onzerike. I think I got the last name right. I've been working on it, Landon. Uh, Levi so. Onzerike. Uh, this is a, a another fascinating defensive tackle because only 900 career snaps in college. Uh, he opted out of the 2020 season. He played a lot of zero technique, which is you know the nose tackle straight up on the center. Uh, but you see some some athleticism and some twitch there. What did you think of, or what did you think of Big Levi O? I mean, athleticism. We were just talking about it. This guy. I mean, he's he's definitely more in that kind of three technique use, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's explosive. He gets into this gap. He gets off blocks. He uh, he's gets in the backfield. He disrupts. Uh, you know, I think one of the big here. It's easy to see the positives here, right? I mean, he came into the Senior Bowl. Uh, and, and he didn't play for very long, but but no, immediately no. you saw exactly what you hoped to see, right? He's still an explosive interior pass rusher. Uh, he still has that ability. The downsides for him are very much uh, uh, the the kind of are very indicative of a 2021 draft downsides, right? I mean, he didn't play at all last year. He opted out. Uh, he played in in a defense that is not going to have a like-for-like translation to what the position he's going to be playing in the NFL, really. I mean, that kind of nose tackle straight up on the on the center. Correct. I mean, he may yep. play in packages that he does that sometimes. But, but I mean, for the most part, this guy is going to be a three technique in the NFL. So, And that's my problem, just projecting him to the Cowboys, yeah. right? It's like we already have Tristan Hill in Neville Gallimore, and Anzarike might be a better player than both, but that's not really the guy they need, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly think that you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with adding more talent to a position that that is is a huge part of, of the success of your defense. I mean, the three technique in, in these kind of defenses yes. is obviously yes. a position that stirs the drink, you know. So I, I certainly understand that. And, and like I said, there's so much uncertainty already because he didn't play last year. He didn't, you know, he, he's coming off a weird defense. He's already had an injury situation or at least maybe a pulled hammy in the senior bowl. Uh, you know, so there are some there are some downsides here. But a, 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 again, I, I mean, I hate to point this out, but the class is so bad that, you know, if you're looking for a pass rushing interior defensive lineman, this is going to be one of your few selections that's worthy of a top 100 pick. Well, can we can we kind of compare and contrast him to Neville Gallimore from last year? Because yeah. honestly, Landon, they're not all that different in size. No. And we remember Gallimore at Oklahoma 
played a lot of that same spot, right? Head up on the, the centers, and it really limited his production. How would you compare Anzarike to, to Gallimard? Do you think they're similar prospects? Do you think one is higher than the other? I think they're similar-ish prospects. Uh, Gallimore may be... Well, I, I still haven't seen Levi's testing numbers yet. So I got them for see. you. I got them for you. Oh, Are give, you me, give me, give me. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. 6'3", 290, ran a 4.85 unofficial, which uh, my guess is that'll come in right about 4'9". Still not as fast as what Neville Gallimore ran. 30-inch vertical, 70th percentile. Uh, Nine-foot broad jump, that's in the 78th percentile. So all very good numbers. Overall, tested in about the 90th percentile without some of the, the agility drills. So very, very athletic. Not sure if he's as athletic as uh, Neville Gallimore, though. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, my initial thought here was that I think Gallimore is probably a bit more athletic. I think even though Levi's coming from a defense where he's not, uh, you know, the, the the technique that he's playing is not what he would be playing with, with the Cowboys. I, I yeah. think he still played in a defense that was allowing him to penetrate and was allowing him to be kind of uh, a disruptor in the backfield, which is at least kind of the job he would be doing like you know you can see Levi on Zarike <clears throat> slipping blocks and using his hands yes, to get yes. through gaps and and uh, you didn't see a lot of that with Gallimore Gallimore was actually playing that kind of frog technique in Oklahoma so it wasn't even just that he was playing you know in the middle of a defense where he uh where he is just a, a misaligned he's actually right, using right. techniques that are very different than what the cowboys uh, ended up using last year and, and that explains a lot of the kind of learning curve that he went through is he's learning all brand new techniques from new coaches so i tend to think that they are comparable i think that levi likely will come in with slightly better uh experience in doing the types of things at defensive tackle that he's going to end up doing in the nfl and again, let's slot him for Dallas because I, I like Levi Anzarike, but 44 just feels way too rich when you consider he didn't play last year and he has actually fewer than 900 total snaps. So this to me is like a guy that you take in the third round because of the athleticism. You let him be at the bottom of a rotation and kind of work himself in. How do you feel about Levi O? You know, I, I mean... I think he's. I think he's. It's going to be one of those unfortunate things that you mentioned with McNeil, where he's probably going to fall somewhere between forty-four and seventy-five. And 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 again, like, yeah, give me him at seventy-five all day. But unfortunately, because of the lack of, I mean, I, mean, I guess it's ironic that we keep saying that over and over again because of the lack of talent at defensive tackle, which makes it sound like there is talent at the defensive tackle position. But seriously, right. I mean, outside of these names and maybe one other, you know, there aren't guys that are defensive tackles that you're considering really in the top 100. So it does still apply. I do think that Levi will get the bump because of the lack of, of, of defensive tackles. And again, maybe even more so because he provides pass rush uh, ability so uh, I yeah I tend to think that he 44 feels a little bit rich but I don't know that he's making it to 75 it's probably not somebody's going to gamble on that athleticism and they know as a three technique I think he can create some pressure it's just again when you talk about the needs for the Cowboys they have two guys that can already do a lot of the same things yeah. that Onzerike can. They need somebody that can play as the one technique, stop the run, and give you a little bit of a push. 
We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Which is a good transition, Landon, to <laughs> a guy that I like quite a bit, uh, Tommy Togiai from Ohio State. Now, I'm going to be honest here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we heard some reports that the Cowboys liked Tommy Togiai quite a bit. And my natural uh, instinct was just to say, oh, that's that's bad. I, I hope he's not the pick at 75. Uh, I did watch him a little bit as the season was going on and nothing really flashed. I went back, I watched the tape, and now I'm sold. If this is a guy that's available at 75, this would be one of my favorite picks. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the case for him, Landon. Are you ready? Please, please, give me. All right, so the difference between Togiai and Ali McNeil and Levi Anzarike is he just doesn't have the same length, right? He's not a, yeah. he's not quite as long. You can tell it on tape that he's shorter. Uh, everything is he's like a, he's got like a barrel chest, right? He it's everything within you know the center and guard. But he's what a fire I like, hydrant, right? yes, he's, he, like he's a, fire. a fire hydrant. That's right. What the, the two things I absolutely love about him, on top of being able to stop the run, he's he's very good that way. He's very athletic. Good. He can make plays in the the wide zone, you know, down the field. Is that he actually can rush the passer a little bit? Now, what yeah. he does rushing the passer. It, he's, he doesn't have a lot of a variety of pass rush moves, and he probably never will. He is just so strong that I've seen multiple times against Alabama and uh, Northwestern where he can just get up underneath a center and drive him right back into the quarterback and force the quarterback to bounce outside the pocket or whatever. That is going to be valuable alone. The other thing that I love about him is his motor never stops, ever stops. And if you can get a defensive tackle and you can watch, I believe it was the game against Clemson, where they run a screen, he gets up the field, and then he chases all the way around Travis Etienne and makes a play like 15 yards down the field. Do you want your defensive tackle making you know tackles 15 yards down the field? Probably not. But the effort in the motor is it tells me a lot. It tells me that he cares and that he's in shape. On top of that, Landon, he tested in the 91st percentile for defensive tackle. So he is an athlete. Uh, I do think he's a little bit limited in what he can do in the NFL. Probably somebody who only plays 25 to 30 snaps a game. But if you're looking for a one technique to pair with Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore, I think this is the guy of the three that we've talked about so far. Yeah, and both him and McNeil have both... uh, uh I think averaged a, a tackle for loss per game or just underneath that, which is just absolutely astounding for guys who play that, that position. Um, I, you know, I haven't watched nearly as much of, of uh, Togi. Togi. Yep. Togi. Uh, but, but everything I've seen, it's like you watch him and, you know, he's surrounded by all these five-star athletes on that Ohio state mm-hmm. defense. And he's just, and he's mixing it up, man. I mean, cause he's, 
he's not some uh you know six five three hundred fifty pound you know but he no no he looks he almost looks like he's more of a three technique than he is a one well he's kind of small he's six two yeah, three hundred pounds which is smaller for a one but and, and I don't did care. he actually weigh in as three hundred pounds because that that he doesn't even it, look like he's it, at, it, at that that weight. I'll, I'll double check. It might have been like two ninety nine. I mean, it's like yeah, it's, but I mean, my my point was more that if he's three hundred pounds, he's just three hundred pounds. Like he is not yeah. a, a heavy, but he is very strong and and has mm-hmm. very good leverage and is able to move bodies and understands. He uses his uh, uh, lack of height right. to his advantage. Right. I mean, he uses right. it to, to keep a low center of gravity and and he is able to move bodies. Uh, I'm excited to watch more of him for sure. Uh, and I and I have heard the same things about the Cowboys potentially being interested there, and and I, and I see it because I think, like you like you said, he could play some one technique. I think he could also kick out and play some three, uh, you know, especially early, on early downs. I don't think sure. there's any issue with that. I mean, we're gonna see some more of that. I imagine where people are playing kind of. Uh, in different sections on different downs to kind of just fill in gaps. Uh, so I definitely could see him as a guy like that. And, and, and you know, look, uh, I, I've been reading a lot of the uh, Sports Info Solution uh, uh, book that's been really giving a lot of really cool stats that they come up with, and they love him. Like, they, I mean, they, he is like the top of, of a lot of their stats for, for nose tackles. So uh, whether it's EPA per tackle or, or uh, uh, I think he's got like the third or fourth highest bounce rate, which measures – runs that are run at your gap and and how many times what percentage you force them to bounce out of the gap that's a fantastic um, stat by the way it's a great stat it's yeah. a, i love it and actually the top just to kind of get there real quick the top of the the the, the group and i, I misspoke Tuggy is, is fourth actually but the top of the group is Aline mcneil who forced hmm. bounces on 49 percent of the runs almost so, half of the runs run at him so so i mean very fascinating let's let's kind of talk about these three guys in relation to the cowboys because i yeah. feel like Ali McNeil and Togiai are just way better fits for Dallas than Onzerike, right? Onzerike might turn out to be the best of the three, but for the Cowboys and their specific needs, probably McNeil and Togiai are, are, are fits at 75. And then it comes down to just personal preference between the two of those, right? I think McNeil has maybe the more upside, and if you get him coached up and you teach him how to use his hands better and be, you know have more you know an arsenal of moves. He could be a really, really dominant one technique. I guess I just feel better about Togiai in year one, year two, year three, having a role and doing it well. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. I mean, what you have with Togiai, and again, I have not watched as much tape with Togiai as, as I have with McNeil or Anzarike. Um, uh, but, I mean, what, when I am watching tape, it's – Versus Clemson in the in the in the, the big college schools. Play, oh, yeah. playoffs. It's and and he's playing incredible, by the way. Yep. It's uh you know it's against uh, uh top tier talent. Uh, uh-huh. It's against Alabama. You know yep. it's it's yep. it's so uh it, you know I, I feel that if you're able to perform the way he has and again like the, he wasn't he isn't the 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 crown jewel of that defense. He isn't the, the, the focus po- focal point of the defense, but he is a guy that has made himself invaluable on that defense for Ohio state that is filled with stars. And I love that because I think that that shows you he's going to be able to step into an NFL defense yep. and, and, and give you snaps and give you, you know, a uh, uh, solid production. Maybe he's not going to light the world on fire, but maybe he's the guy that helps 
Who knows? Jalen Smith, someone that you never expect to make Pete plays. Warner. By keeping them clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, yeah. you ask those linebackers at Ohio State what they think of Togiai, and they love him because he kept Pete Warner and Baron Browning and Tough Borland clean. So, yeah. I, again, I think for me at 75, I would love either of these two players. I would just feel fantastic about Togiai coming in right away and filling a role. I, I just think he's he, he's a really solid player. But I totally get the upside of Aline McNeil. I've got a feeling, Landon, as we get closer to the draft, this third round is kind of where I'm circling a defensive tackle, right? Because it yeah. feels like one of these guys. And there's there's other names out there that we could potentially talk about. The the two USC, USC defensive tackles, Absolutely. Uh, Bobby Brown. Uh, maybe you'll see like a Davion Nixon fall that far in the draft. But that pick 75 is where I think it was going to be the right spot to grab one of those guys. That second half of the second round through, let's say, the fourth, that's where you're picking defensive tackles, right? Like, that's where the, you know, like we've kept saying, the class is not great, but that's mostly at the top. You know, once you get, and, and, you know, there's some other parts of of this class that are like that, too, where maybe the choices at the top aren't great, but that once you get into that kind of second and third round area, yes. uh, there's a larger volume of players there that, that are available. And I think that's really true with the defensive tackles. I mean, you kind of mentioned the two USC guys, uh, you know, even, and, and really even comparing these guys, like Anzarike is not the same player as Ali McNeil or, or Togiai. Togiai and McNeil are closer to each other. And Anzarike is more of a three technique. And then once, yep. you know, as you get on further, you can kind of get your choices. And I, and I tend to agree that, you know, even though we're kind of lumping these these three players together because they all play defensive tackle for the they all do the, different roles. They have different they all jobs. do very yeah. different things. Yeah, yeah, and I think and I think there is a, a certain amount of choosing for the role as opposed to just selecting a defensive tackle. Like you're yes, definitely going to yes. get different results by t- checking. You're you're definitely going to have different expectations by drafting an Aleem McNeil versus drafting uh, a Levi Anzarike, and 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 so. I think for the Cowboys, you nailed it. You know they have two guys in Tristan Hill and Gallimore that that they feel like they want to at least give an opportunity to come in here and take snaps and and be a kind of because yes. you know, one thing that we feel like they can do hopefully is take a step as pass rushers. So if we could get a guy in here uh, like Ali McNeil or Togiai who is not just a run stuffer. Uh, that actually can give you some some reps if there's a first down pass. You're not going to be you know playing with ten players yeah, as opposed exactly. to eleven. Yes, yes. I think that's that's and that's a valuable piece, and that's why you're having to take a, a, a nose tackle in the third or fourth round, right? It's because those guys are pretty rare, the kind of guy that will give you the solid interior run stuff stuffer, but also like I said, is it just going to be eliminated because they decide to pass the ball on first down? Can I one last thing before we go? I wanted to say this. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people like Leaky Fotu, the defensive tackle from Utah last year. Mm-hmm. I like Togiai a full round better than Fotu, and I don't even remember where Fotu went. Was it the fourth round, maybe uh, around there? But yeah, I think I think so. I think Ali McNeil and Togi are are far better players. And if you get that player in the third round and they're under a rookie contract for the next four years, and you pair them with let's say the Brent Urban and the Antoine Woods. I think that's a, at least a passable, 
you know, defensive line room. And I, I, I think that's kind of what the Cowboys are going here with here without having to spend a ton of money and a ton of resources at that position. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.